you know, you have some young people that, that, that have excelled at every level. Nately just had a better talent. Uh, you can cultivate and coach and develop and improve a skill set that they have and they, they had a, a predisposition. And you can have a guy that has all those measurables and those sizes and he can be not, not be a good player. Whereas you can have an individual who isn't that can play at that level or you can have all of the above the talent the size the ability and those are your people sometimes who your hall of fame guys you know but then you can have hall of fame people if it's in athletics or in business that have worked and prepared and have uh, developed themselves into a champion but I, but i do think uh the certain things are innate I, I think you're you're you know from a leadership standpoint i know we can we talk about developing leadership and developing leaders, but I think young people too, I think some are more comfortable with that. Welcome to the Fred Opie Show, where you learn how to make a difference on and off the field. I'm your host, Fred Opie, an athlete turned author, producer, professor, and editor. I use my story and the stories of others to help you figure out what your gifts are, find the right places and activities to develop them, and give you a plan to give, save, and spend your money and time wisely. Reggie Terry. Director of Football Operations at Boston College. Reggie Terry is from Hempstead, Long Island. His very first organized sport was lacrosse. Well, in my role as assistant AD of football operations player personnel at Boston College, the management and the execution of the program I facilitate with the, the head coach and uh, the athletic director. But prior to here, I worked for the Arizona Cardinals in the football administration role uh, as a director of football administration that dealt with uh, personnel, salary cap, day-to-day uh, -day operations, uh, the draft, evaluation. Uh, and then prior to that, I was at Syracuse University in, in a very similar role. So what is the recipe for you all to find great prospects? And how do you find that kid and then vet them? We want to do a great job in a five-hour driving radius of our okay. campus initially. Okay. Okay. And we're going to vet and determine. We have coaches that are assigned to different areas throughout the country, and especially in-state. We want to make sure that we accurately identify the players, uh, their high school coaches, uh, you know, what they do. Uh, you evaluate their tape, uh, and you build a, a book of, uh, of knowledge, if you will, on these young men. And... Uh, it's from being in the schools, talking to uh, the school personnel, the staff, the teachers. You're you're acquiring information to make good to make good decisions. The football component of it is is you see that on tape, you evaluate that on a young man's film. You know. Now, what about the tapes that these mm -hmm. highlight tapes? I mm -hmm. see mm -hmm. a lot of players putting together. Yeah. Is that the stuff you all looking at, or are you looking at something else? Well, you that you look at it initially, but to to get a firm evaluation, you want to watch game film okay. in its entirety. You can make an evaluation on a player on solely on a highlight tape. You know, if you didn't have any other information that he's good enough to play. Now, all of the other variables that you want to understand uh, about what uh, makes that young man who he is. You know, you need a little more digging, but on pure ability, a highlight tape can do it. And it really, can do it. And so it, it's not a bad investment. It's not a bad investment, but at the same time, you know, really with Huddle and all the technology that's out well, there what's today. What's Huddle? Huddle is an online uh, video application where a lot of high schools and, 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 and colleges will use to share film and to share, to share video with one another. Student athletes can put and develop their own highlight tapes based on everything so Technology, the technology and video today, yeah. uh, I was done digitally, get the tape from their coach, 
and then go and select the, the, the plays off from those games and make their own. And so you lot, really don't need to, and to have somebody else you really, make it. You, you really don't. And you can work with your high school coach or your high school AD. Uh, my son did his. He, he did a couple of them, you know, uh, and I didn't even have to get involved. Even though I know how to do it, or oh, I have guys on staff who could do it. Yeah, it's <laughs> not did, that hard. It's not that hard. So to invest, a, I'm going to get with this agency and say, hey, can you cut the tape up and get to take the good plays from the bad plays, and then you can patch it and then send it out. I mean, if you can get that done and not pay a fee, it's just just – getting a little uncomfortable and just talking yeah. and talking with some coaches or other kids and and you can you know it doesn't have to be an expense if you can play mm -hmm. somebody's gonna find you mm -hmm. is that true to a degree i mean i'll just use my younger brother in that regard my younger brother uh, was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to, to temple university uh late in his senior year you know six two, two 205 pounds and uh, a lot, a lot of schools bypassed him because they didn't really know what he would be and where he would go. But he had tools and talent. So Temple says, "Okay, you know what? We think we you have enough ability. You know where we want to bring you in." He took a couple visits. He goes to Temple and he redshirts and he's a four year starter. Four year starter. A four year starter. And how much bigger and did he get from the from his senior he, in high school? He so. he went from you know he he, got, he walked on campus paid two hundred and ten pounds. And by the time he left, he was, you know, he was 6'2", 210 pounds. By the time he left, he was 6'3", you know, 235. He goes to Canada and wins a Grey Cup in Hamilton. Wow. <laughs> you know, the next for, year. The next year. Plays for a year, comes back down. And his down, starter? A starter. Played at a high level. Comes back down. Works out for the Chiefs. He gets to the last cut. He gets cut. Seattle picks him up, and he plays for Seattle for about four years. Special teams. Special teams, backup linebacker, started a handful of games as an outside linebacker. Wow. So he played at, at, at a high level uh, you know, for, for a good four but or five years. But you're saying is a kid like that. Mm -hmm. you and it happens more to op often than not. I mean, really? in the National Football League, if you were to evaluate the rosters, you know, you hear all the guys from the big schools, but a good third, if not more, are guys from obscure places that weren't the five-star, four-star recruits that go on and are basically the, the blue-collar backbone of the National Football League. I mean, it happens every year. Marlon Greenwood was from Freeport, Long Island. And he was a soccer player. Never really played football until like his <coughs> junior year. So his coach, Russ Sullen, who's still a head coach at, at, at uh, Freeport, uh, I says, well, you know, I think I might have a guy that we think who can play. He really hasn't played football, so we get him up. He comes up to camp, going into his senior year, okay. football camp. And football camp, uh, over in, you know, on campuses, you know, allow players to work with coaches hands on, and they can go through. I mean, they can get to know a guy intimately, you know, as he's a player, as a person. So football camp to us was always a great uh, method of evaluation. So Marlon comes up and uh, he goes through it. He comes. He wasn't really recruited at all, really. Wow. <laughs> Not at all, really. Some schools might have picked up late, but but he was. But but what he was though, what you saw, you saw, he was. He wrestled in New York State at a very high level, a state champion. You saw his athleticism and who he was. He comes. He redshirt. Okay. Give him a scholarship. He goes on and starts for four years, and then he's a. Third round pick, drafted by the Dolphins. Then he went to Houston Texans. But he had about a seven or eight uh, uh, year career. Uh, and got his had, degree. Got his degree. You guys look like geniuses. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it worked out. And he was a, he was a wonderful player. You know, Matt Ryan uh, wasn't uh, didn't come out of high school 
out of PA with Penn State and University of Pittsburgh and all these schools that not were highly after recruited. Him. Not highly recruited at all. Uh, he comes to Boston College and, and develops. He doesn't really start until late in his redshirt sophomore year and then into his junior and senior year. Uh, developed. You know, didn't it was a scout team player, you know, and, and, and came along and, you know, this past season he won the MVP of the National Football League. But uh, he would tell you that uh, he was a work in progress and he developed over time, you know. So uh, the reality of it is, is regardless of the, the rating systems and what these, you know, uh, these recruiting services think about you, if they know of you or if they don't, or if you're still in development, you're still growing. The reality of it is, is you have an opportunity to improve and to get better based on the work that you put in. Save that part again. The work, there's a lot of talent yeah. out there yeah. that hasn't figured out the other yeah. part of the equation. Oh, it's no question. And that's very true. Uh, some of the, the most talented players aren't playing. The, 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 the hardest workers, the, the kids that are committed, that are committed to the process of, 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 of working and have a higher work capacity, that have great character, uh, that will persevere through adversity, can make up for lesser talent. But those character attributes uh, will not only propel you through football, but you know can propel you through life. Hmm. Uh, when I look back on my high school experience, I just wish... I could, you know, you want to recreate that because we had this singleness of purpose where there was total buy-in by everybody and you expected to win and winning and winning over time. From seventh grade to my senior year, uh, I lost two games in six years. Do you want to go to school without student loans? Need an after-graduation five-year plan? Are you interested in increasing your income and creative outlets? Do you have a plan to give, save, and spend more? My new book, Start With Your Gift. Understand and monetize it while serving others with it. It's the best book I know out there for accomplishing these goals. If you got a kid who was like me, a big-time lacrosse junkie, have him read the book. It's a lacrosse memoir slash career advice. It will save you a lot of headaches in the future and your child, male or female. If you know a kid who's into hockey, basketball, whatever the sport is, it's a good book for a kid like that. It's appropriate for somebody who is 14 to 44. If you have kids or grandkids and you want to make a difference in their life, Purchase them a copy of Start With Your Gift. It's available in Kindle and paperback, and you can get it on Amazon.com. If it's a recipe, what was the recipe in Hempstead? Uh -huh. The recipe, we, we had tremendous talent, but the, but, the, but the talent still had to be cultivated and had to be developed. So there was a, a culture established by men, men like Don Ryan, Bitty basketball that he programs that he had that fed uh, the middle school and the high school programs where kids at that level started and won national championships in bitty basketball going back to the 70s. Kids started to salivate and to expect it. The basketball piece turned with that and, and we were very successful in basketball and football uh, with Buddy Krumanak as he was the head coach and what he established when he came they, they were terrible. He came in and established the program and, uh, and, and an expectation, and that talent was cultivated and developed, and it moved forward. So I think you have to have an approach. You have to have a philosophy of, of, of your goals and the expectations in these programs, and then 
uh, with the people because you can have you have great teams today that don't win. I mean, if that if it was that easy, you know, from a professional standpoint, you can go out and buy players and free agency and get to you know have fantasy football, fantasy basketball, and mm-hmm. you should win. But it doesn't work that way. You got to be a team. If you like women's basketball or not, but when you watch what the University of Connecticut has done to be able to do that at that high level at at, at for so long, it's mind numbing. Everybody can get good players. But the culture and the expectation and what they've developed uh, is impressive. A common habit of wanting to win and doing the things necessary to win. It's one thing to want to win, but are you committed to doing the things to win? So do mm-hmm. your actions align with what you say mm-hmm. that you are? I want to say the intangibles of uh, being committed and, and working hard and uh, having high character, you know, doing the right things right, you know, and, and then doing the right things right when nobody's looking, you know, I mm-hmm. mean, uh, not because, uh, I, I, you know, I was told to do it, because, but you're doing it because it's the right thing to do. You, you want to bring young men to your campus that will come and represent themselves, their families, their schools well, and that will uh, put the work in necessary to be successful. The show will be right back. For related content on negotiating the world of school and sports, visit our website at fredopi.com. Check out our podcast archive and review the show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. The best way to support the podcast is to tell a friend. Share the show on Facebook and Twitter or send them to our website at fredopi.com. Hey, folks, if you're enjoying today's show, Check out the interview Fred did with former lacrosse All-American Dan Williams. Dan played at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point and was also the parent of a highly recruited college football player who was destined for the NFL before he had troubles with concussions. Here's a short clip from that episode, which is available on SoundCloud or wherever you listen to The Fred Opie Show. For a college kid, he's going to look for the parent to uh, for guidance, you may get express your opinion. It's going to ultimately be up to that kid to just, to say, okay, I'm going to take my parents' advice, or he's going to say, you know what, mom, dad, while I completely acknowledge what you say, I and I hear you, I'm still going to go out on the field one more time. 18, there's going to be very little you can do to stop him, whether 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 you tell him to or not. My son knew how I felt. I wanted, he, he knew I wanted him to stop. And that was, and that was, that was also part of me sitting him down and saying, hey, what do you, what are you going to do? He knew when I said, what are you going to do? You have not made it through your concussion protocol. Ultimately, my son wanted to go to law school. I love football. I'm in love now with my new goals and aspirations. And he wanted to go to law school. Once again, that was Fred Opie's interview with former All-American lacrosse player Dan Williams. Now let's get back to today's show with Reggie Terry. How does a student athlete get the college experience if they have athletes' dorms, study Mm -hmm. table, Mm -hmm. training table, special meals? What is your feeling about this this concept of cloistering athletes? Mm -hmm. And what is the happy medium? Mm So you need balance. You know, I just think about my own experience. You know, one of the things that I hated to do, I never wanted to wear issued gear on campus. I 
didn't want to be associated with, oh, man, that's another football guy. Because, I mean, and they could pick you out because the gear that you get, nobody else on campus has unless you're a part of the team. Swag. So, yeah, the swag. You know, so so one of the things, I, I, I made that decision early on in my academic career that, you know what, when I go to class, I'm wearing my clothes. And I might sit with my teammates uh, from time to time, but I'm not sitting up, you know, just with my guys and, you know, we're in the back or wherever you are. I wanted to be identified uh, as Reggie Terry, not just Reggie Terry, the football guy. So did that give you any problems with your teammates? That? Actually, it, 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 it guarded respect. Uh, I would sit with my guys, but at the same time, you know, if I got there first, I, would, I wouldn't sit in the back. I'd sit in the front or sit in the middle or, or sit with some people that I didn't know. Um, I think it's critically important, not just for athletes, but all students when they get to school to experience it, to, to ask questions, to get out of your box. I mean, um, the athlete box, the athlete box or the fraternity box, or, you know, if, if I come from a community where it's not as diverse, I mean, I knew what Hempstead was, but it, it took me to, it took me to go away to college to kind of understand, uh, what Long Island was as it related to the oh, subculture that was Long Island. The, the subculture was Long Island. I was totally oblivious to. Interesting. Uh, and being going to a predominantly uh, African-American high school, I was a totally oblivious to several subcultures. I had no idea of uh, that, that that existed. You know, learning about just all of these subcultures. I mean, uh, different ethnic groups uh, and ethnicities and religions. So it was, you know, it was interesting. Do you do you find as director of football operations, I can imagine mm -hmm. some of the white players that go mm -hmm. to Syracuse or Boston mm -hmm. got, have mm -hmm. never run around that many black oh, folks down sure. there on their team. Oh, it's, what it's, kind of what kind of dynamics happen well, even well, with that? Well, I mean. You know, that's very true as well. I mean, um, just He's coming exposure, from Pennsylvania, Ohio, very, Massachusetts. Very, very, very true. And, and, and then I think the other with the demographic of uh, people of color at different campuses. I mean, different groups are represented differently. You know, people of color aren't necessarily as well represented. And that, what that interaction is, it is interesting. That's the beauty about athletics, though, because it's a team. You're there, uh, and the common goal is to win and football, and you learn of each other. You learn of other backgrounds. You learn of other people. We can't force feed it, but you have to give the opportunity to. So when you're in class, you know, hey, or, you know, you know, you don't have to be in a group with only the teammates, people that you know who might be in that class. Or uh, if there's some things on campus, you know, uh, a seminar, somebody speaking, go and, 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 and expand, stretch, but it's just getting out of your comfort zone. What are some things about great prospects that you believe that other people think you're crazy? You know, you have some young people that, that, that have excelled at every level. Nately just had a better talent. Uh, you can cultivate and coach and develop and improve a skill set that they have and they, that they had a, a predisposition with. Now, I don't advocate to say that, you know, if you aren't as talented or you don't have that disposition, you can't be better. You can't improve. People are different. Skill sets are different. You said, alignment is typically yeah. this tall yeah. and weighs this yeah, much. Right. Ain't much you can, can do, do about with that. that. And you can have a guy that has all those measurables and those sizes and he can be not, not be a good player. Whereas you can have an individual who isn't that can play at that level or you can have all of the above the talent the size the ability and those are the people sometimes who your hall of fame guys you know but then you can have hall of fame people if it's in athletics or in business that have worked and prepared and have 
uh, develop themselves into a champion. Sometimes you can think that a great prospect has a great work ethic. The reality of it is they had great talent and ability uh, that they just had great talent and ability. And then um, uh, you, you get around uh, some of these kids and they don't know how to work. They don't know mm -hmm. how to prepare. They don't know what it takes to really win. They've been so talented wherever they've, they've come from, where they've gotten away with just based on their skills and their abilities and their talent. Now, when, when talent matches talent, what gets you over the hump? Your character, your hard work, your commitment, your perseverance. And in some regards, even without talent, those attributes can beat the talent. What I try to stress is that, listen, guys, mom and dad love you, but we can't do it for you. You have to be committed and invested in that process of uh, discerning who and what you want to become. I can't create that for you. I can I can we can we can put the things in place, but uh, you have to go get it because I try to get them to understand is once you walk out of our front door, uh, the love for Ryan Terry, Reggie Terry stops. The world could care less if you if you if you had success or if you failed. If I don't get these things together, if I don't pursue this with passion and vigor, if, if, if I don't put my best foot forward, my hopes, my dreams, the things that I want to do might not be obtained. And, and, and mom and dad can't can't do it for you. We can help facilitate it. But you have to understand that in life, nothing's free. You know, what are you willing to invest to be what you want to become? Let your speech match your action. If you can do that, you're moving in the right direction to be able to go out and compete and do it. Because, I mean, the reality of it is, is everybody doesn't get a scholarship. You know, everybody won't get admitted to the schools that you want to go to. OK, now what? Well, you got to adjust and, and figure it out. Nobody cares outside of your family. <laughs> and if you don't love you and care about you, guess what? We're going to have problems. Start with your gift. Understand and monetize it while serving others with it. I wish I could have read your book years ago and had the wisdom to put its strategies into action. There still is time to apply it to my life, but my boys will know the book well and at an early age. It provides principles on how to handle their college recruiting selection process, focusing on finding what their gifts are and working from there. That's from Bill Adele, a former UMass All-American, MLL, and NLL player. Read a sample chapter of Start With Your Gift on my website, fredopi.com. Welcome back to this edition of The Fred Opie Show, unpacking history to positively impact the future. Scary thing for us parents is, is that, okay, some kids say, hey, I'm going to college and I'm doing this and I come out with all these loans and I can't get a job. Now yeah. what? Yeah. You know, that's, that's a problem throughout yeah. America. Yeah. You know, in regards to the way the system's set up, you know, you go to these wonderful institutions, uh, these tremendous degrees. The process of it is, is you're qualifying yourself, you're educating yourself, you're exposing yourself. How do I take this information and this stuff that I'm doing? How do I make it practical that they can help me? You can go to some of the finest institutions in America and still not have the success that you thought you would because, you know, who you are as a person. I think you bring those degrees and those things to life, not the other way around. Because I went to this and that school, you got to give me a job. I think because who you are gets you the job. Yeah. But the, the, the degree gives you the access. Yeah. Uh, my two oldest boys, bona fide athletes. He thinks I'm really hard on him. Your brother thinks you're too hard on him? <laughs> He'll come and say, man, listen, that's what, when I was his age, I was doing that. You was different, but I was doing that kind of stuff. 
he'll talk to him. I know what your dad is, but but listen, he tells my kids this this story. I go off to Syracuse and I come back home and he's saying, yeah, I want to play. I want to go to the NBA and do this. All right, man. I say, listen, let's go out and work out. You know, let's go out for a run. He's or, a sophomore in high school. So I come home and uh, we go to a trail. So I said, all right, man, you ready? He said, yeah, you know, I'm ready. So we get out there and we're running. It was basically like a three and a half mile course, you know, nothing too heavy, but but it had uh, peaks and valleys and mountains. Had some Walter Payton hills? Yeah, yeah, it had, <laughs> had some hills. So we get out there and he running with me. He started to slow down. So come on, man, you know, you got to push it through now. So he's hurting. He's laboring. I remember it, but he tells the story much better than I. So he, he says, I turn around to him, so listen, man, you're not ready yet. You're not committed. And I leave him. I'm going to get my running. So I left him and then I passed him on the way back. So Tim, he would go and he would, he tells my kids, he says, man, listen, to this day, he says, he said, what I learned that day was what I thought I wanted to do and what I was committed to were, were yeah. two different things. Tim's work ethic changed. He would say it changed when he realized that hey, I want to do what my brother's doing, and I can't even finish this little run. He, he was always talented, but then he said, well, listen, maybe I need to, to lift weights a little bit. Well, maybe, Brad, what are you guys doing at Syracuse? You know, so Let me see your workout sheet. Yeah, I want to come to football camp. Can I come up? So whenever I was home, we worked out together. The other thing, and he will tell you this as well, he used to say I was rough on him. My brother was a lacrosse goalie. The first I quarter, remember. He was, he was a goalie, and he was playing on the, the teams when um, – with uh, Mr. Hodish and those teams. On his games on Sunday afternoons, I would take him out and I would warm him up. I said, Reds, man, you used to try to kill me. I said, no, nah, man, I was just trying to get you ready to play. Those things, and, and you have no idea as a sibling or even with people that you work with, the impact that you have on their lives. And you're just trying to do what you think is best and pushing them and wanting the best from them. But he would say those experiences really helped cultivate and, and build and develop what he you know what he wanted to become as an athlete i don't think mm-hmm. most high school athletes understand the work and commitment it mm-hmm. takes mm-hmm. to play at the college level at mm-hmm. any level d3 d1 d2 yeah and i think for me you're right i saw a guy from my hometown mm-hmm. who made it mm-hmm. he was so much better shaped mm-hmm. than than the average mm-hmm. kid from my mm-hmm. town he mm-hmm. was so much more committed to mm-hmm. working and practicing mm-hmm. that it really is difficult to go from a fantasy, which most of our kids are doing mm-hmm. computer games, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. looking at fantasy. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at reality. Yeah. And you're trying to translate to them, mm-hmm. this is what it takes. Yeah. Who yeah. was the person that was pushing you? This is what happened. I was in fifth grade. I was in a homecoming parade. At the end of that homecoming parade, I stayed with my school group and watched the game. Hemsep was playing Sawanica High School. Vinny Testaverde actually yeah. was a Sawanica kid. Uh, went to Sawanica kid and was very successful, as you know. But I was watching the game. I was like in awe. In fifth grade, I want to play that. My first organized sport was in fifth grade, and I played lacrosse. What was good about it was just the competes and just understanding how to work within the team and to compete against other kids and it was okay. The thing that I never forgot, and it's a simple drill, you know, with kids, it was a ground ball drill. You got two kids, you roll the ground out, go get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the fact that I got the ball, I did it. It built upon that. I started to, to kind of crave it, but that's what happened for me. You know, uh, fifth grade, I saw that and I said, I, whatever it took, I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to play and I, and I wanted I wanted to be good. I worked at it. Very thankful, you know, and blessed to have the opportunity to go to school. And Does it seem a little surreal to you, the stuff that you're doing now and able to do? Or Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i thankful. I get paid well. I have a wonderful job, but it doesn't feel like work. 
I mean, to put your kids in position to do the things that, you know, you, you, your hopes and dreams for them, just because you want to, you want to give them a, a chance yeah. to do the things they want to do. If it's, you know, play ball and get a tremendous education, that's great. I want to earn a scholarship. I want to play. Okay, be careful, because if you say those things, then I'm going to try to hold you accountable to what the expectation is. And it's a time to relax and a time to yeah. do some things. But at the same time, you know, the, the amount of effort and the commitment to be really good and to have the success that you want. We know by position the players that we're interested in. Then we know by area where they're from. We have a pool right now that, you know, we're looking at. I mean, it's probably legitimately guys that we've offered right around 150 guys. 150 guys. You know. For and, next year's class. For next year's class. And then as we get through the month of June, you know, we have so many spots and young men will commit, you know, and, and, and decide to come. Uh, and then, you know, hey, listen. Of we've offered these 150, 200 kids, and we got 15 spots, 16 spots. And so it's it's really pressure on them right. to tell you as soon as possible. As soon as possible, and they have other options. So we we might be chasing them down, but they have other options with other institutions as well. So be confident of what you have, because if you wait too long, sometimes you know snooze you lose, snooze you lose. Decommits. Is that quite common that you're yes. finding now? It's common. This is a day and age in which kids commit to uh, schools and then schools commit to kids and then back away you know before that was really not really seen the schools would not back away right but now it's starting to happen oh yeah they found a play that might be better or they, they mm. might they might tell that play it's something differently but the the reality of it is is you know, they're, they're playing you know to try to get the best guys they want to get but how we operate and what we like to do when we when a young man we often a young man commits you know we, we're going to abide by that Sounds like increasingly it's becoming a wild, wild west. Parents need to pump the brakes uh, in regards to that, in regards to, hey, listen, my kid is a five-star guy and he should have this school and that school. Let the process take care of itself. Do all you can to put your child in the best possible situation where he can be in, in position to, to earn and to receive an athletic scholarship. And don't take for granted if you get an offer, yeah. don't sit there and play cute. Yeah, because the reality of it is, is before that national signing day, before you... Uh, actually starting the dotted line, there's, you know, there's some things that you need to assess and evaluate. Why you go to a school, not because of, I like the helmets and the uniform and they're Nike opposed to Under Armour. <laughs> Let's make it on some substance, you know, the people, uh, the education, comfort level that you have with being at that, at that school. I love Reggie's story about the football player, guy that never played football in high school until his, sounds like his last year, the year and a half. He switches from soccer to football. There are people like that in lacrosse. I hear people say, well, you get, your kid's got to start playing this game, and he's in third, second grade, if he ever wants to get a chance playing this high school team. That is straight up not true. If you're a great athlete, you're going to pick up whatever sport it is, and you're going to excel. Some of this is straight up genetics. A lot of it is hard work. He says to parents that you put your kid in position, and then you let the child take over, and it's up to them. But to have your act together off the field because coaches who are going to be expending money on you if they offer you a scholarship want to make sure that you're not a, a knucklehead. That's a wrap for this show. Thanks for listening. To hear more content like it, go to fredopi.com. If you have questions about advertising and sponsoring this show, contact us at fdopie at gmail.com. That's F-D-O-P-I-E at gmail.com. 
Hey, listeners, we want to make you aware of the Jim Brown 56 Lacrosse Challenge. Donate $56 or more to the Uganda Lacrosse Foundation at ugandalacrosse.org. 56 was Brown's Syracuse Lacrosse jersey number. Purchase a copy of my lacrosse memoir slash career advice book, Start With Your Gift. Post a picture of you holding your copy of the book on Instagram and tag me, and I will donate 10% of the proceeds of your purchase to the Uganda Lacrosse Foundation. It will advance the initiative of getting lacrosse into the Olympics. For that to happen, lacrosse has to exist on all the continents on the globe, and Africa is the last frontier. Your tax-free donation will go a long ways in helping spread lacrosse from not just being the fastest game in the United States, but the fastest growing game across the world.